Ready? Born ready. Hello, hello. And welcome to the Simply Paulette podcast, where we try to take life issues, some tough situations, and have simple conversations and try to give some simple alternative of thoughts. You know, never trying to preach to you because everybody's situation is different. One thing I've learned at a very mature age now, there's a lot of gray in life. And if you're fortunate to be in a time where everything is white and black, you should kiss the ground and thank God for it because not many people are always in situations that have such clarity. And in finding clarity, it is a way to find it, but the way to find it is first finding yourself and then being authentic to who you are. And things will become a lot clearer along the way. Just thinking about the complexities of life, you know, I've always been a person that sort of had a very um, simple upbringing of just uh, having strong faith in, in God and sort of having my um, nicely packaged uh, convictions about life and death and living life on purpose and often thinking that if you live a good life here on earth that uh, when this life is over, we shall wear a crown and we will walk through those pearly gates and streets of gold and at some point in time, I clearly knew that it may be some variations of what our streets of gold, whether that be literal or um, metaphorically. But those things, as I got mature, I began to see that some of those things were things that our ancestors had to believe and hold faith to just to get through some of the tough times. You know, we are honoring Black History Month, and this is a time for us as a people to just stop and just look at what God has brought us from, you know, just looking at how we've made it over, you know, how we got over. You know, our souls have to look back sometimes and wonder how we got over because we are people that, though we have been blessed to be able to sing from the just from the, I don't want to say from the bottom because our soul music and our foods and all these things, it comes from an infinite place where it's not even understood how we have been able to make it through the things that we've made it through. And even today, just deal with some of the things that we have to deal with. Most people will crumble. Most people could never imagine. I know it's other people, other ethnicities who have went through tough things. But I, I noticed one thing that is most significant to me has been that when I look at the Holocaust and what the Jews suffered, they still was able to hang on to an heritage. They was able to hang on to artifacts. They were able to hang on to their language, their religion. I see the Indians, they, 
though they were abused and, and um, it's very tragic what they suffered, um, but they were still able to hang on to a great bit of their culture just knowing where they came from. But as African-Americans, we've made it in spite of being rid of most of those things. You know, even though I am a person who profess Christianity as my faith, there are certain things about the Christian faith that I've had to make my own personal peace concerning certain things and just, you know, carving out my own journey because it is a, a, a unique question my oldest daughter brought up to me once. And at that time, I, I began to rethink some of the things that I had thought before because she she um, posed a question to me. She was like, if I were slave owners of, of past time that enslaved our ancestors, ridded us of our language, our songs, our music, our clothing, and they ripped us apart as families, then what was, if God is a delivering God and they believe that, and they believe that Jesus was the son of God, if our slave owners believe that, then why would they give us one book that could have freed us? And you know, at first it caught me off guard. She was like, they did everything, everything that they did concerning our ancestors was a methodical process of dividing us from hope and from faith. And, but this one book, they didn't care if we had it. If they believed that Jesus had the power that he had, if they believed that Jesus was a deliverer, if they believed that he was a healer in Ultimately, why would they give us that? And, you know, and it really sort of shook some of the convictions I had held before, even though I still, in my own journey, um, hang on to Christianity as my faith. It did begin to raise questions of things that I had thought, which brings me to the podcast of today because this is a month that we're doing a lot of things. I thought it was quite profound that this is the month of love that was given to us to celebrate our history. And it certainly have been love that has gotten us through. And one strong conviction that I have, if you have to give a definition of love, it is that one thing, that one word, it encompasses everything that God is about. And I, I was thinking about, I was reading um, some different passages. You know, one, one favorite author that I have is James Baldwin. Just an unbelievable, just unbelievable intellect. And far as I know, he wasn't, I, I would say he was a spiritual man, but he was not one that, um, was profoundly religious, but he was extremely spiritual uh, because it was no way for him to have navigated through some of the tough things that he was faced in um, to not have some supernatural 
um, convictions of, of his own. And I, I certainly seek to, to know those more expressively as I walk through life. But one of the things that I've been thinking about when I'm looking at all these uh, ancestral readings and quotes and all these different things, it brought to me what are my convictions about death in the afterlife? It's not one of those conversations, at least in my household, that we really embraced a whole lot about. We, we, we kept it simple. You know, when we cross over, we're going to see Jesus by and by. And, you know, we're going to sing and never get tired. But, you know, in the last, not even a year, I've been experiencing a lot of loss you know, a lot of loss. You know, it's one thing when you lose people in your life and you know of them, but they are not influential contributors to the quality of your life. It's one thing to have people that are associates. It's another thing when people directly impact the quality of your life. And just this year alone, you know, I lost a mom which was my dad's wife of 30 years. She was my stepmom, but she had been in the family for 30 years. And my personal mother had, um, my birth mother had been deceased for about 30 years. And so dad and mom, uh, my second mom, passed away within days of each other to COVID. Um, my stepmom's older brother, his wife, and his daughter passed away. Before my dad, my Uncle Sammy had passed away. And um, so then my best friend of 15 years who had traveled and helped raise my children, she passed away, Jewel Alexander. We had a, a very close friend, uh, Michael Lankford, he passed away. And then my oldest grandson, uh, grandmother, passed away, Miss Pearl. And as soon as I'm finishing up with this podcast today, I'm preparing to go to Philadelphia because my other grandson, grandmother, passed away. Great-grandmother passed away. He just got to meet her a week before she passed away. And when I get back, um, I am going to hopefully be able to see an uncle who's suffering right now in the hospital. And hopefully I'll be able to see him one more time. And uh, the family is having everybody to come in to, to say their last goodbyes. So... And I was just at his house maybe a week ago, and I we had a discussion. Um, we had a discussion with all the family who was there as to what we thought about the afterlife, and it was quite helpful. And I, I think that it is very, um, it's very important that as we reach different spaces in life that we just sort of leave the light on for those who are coming behind us. And... Um, Right now, we're in a lot of uh, uh, transition 
um, in this, in spiritually, emotionally, physically, we're in a lot of transition. And when there's a lot of movement, sometimes people fall along the way and some don't make it. But for all of those of us who do make it, we need to make it and we need to make it in a way that we can continue to carry the torch for not only our ancestors, but for our children, for our friends. We seen just recently, uh, the suicides that has been in our community or of the, the son of Regina, um, what's her name? Regina King, her in the, um, the young lady who was Miss America, she uh, passed away. And, you know, these are tough things when people leave us, whether they leave us um, due to sickness or suicide or uh, uh, the tragedy of a, a, a gun shooting, no matter what, it leaves holes in our heart. It leaves voids. And so I, I have in the studio today... My baby daughter, her name is Victoria, uh, Celestial Victoria. And uh, Victoria, say hello to everybody today. Hello. I'm so honored to be here with you today. You know, you know, I, I often I, I brag about the fact that I have so many children and each one have a different personality. And Victoria and I are, when we get together, is really silly. <laughs> it is. I was a bit worried about sitting in on your session today. <laughs> I know the first thing that she said, she said, uh, can I come in? She said, but you can't laugh if I'm in. And I said, no, you actually need to come in because I, I you would be a great part of this conversation. She was like, seriously? <laughs> and I was like, serious. But I, I, I wanted her here for twofold reasons. Of course, she was with me a week ago at her great uncle's uh, home where we had this discussion. And she's also um, a wellness coach and coordinator. And so she works not only with trying to um, make people whole in diet and exercise, but also exercising those things that makes you emotionally and spiritually whole as well. And so, and she's been very fortunate. I, I'm, I get so excited when I sort of uh, just, I have the opportunity to be a part of each of my children's life. And one reason why this makes so good, one reason why uh, Victoria means so much to me in this conversation, because I, although I'm Christian and I raised my children Christian, she literally as she became an adult, and I always told my children this, this is my faith, this has been my path, but as you go grow older, you may have to pursue your own path and your own journey, and it may not lead you in the same direction as me, but I do believe that we're going to end up in the same place, and I can trust your judgment. And so as a young lady, um, she had the opportunity to not only finish school, but as she finished school, she traveled um, the world. She went to live in Sudan for a while, and she went to live in Jamaica for a while. And while she was doing her tours around the country and out of the country, she also just took an opportunity to study 
a lot about faith. And Victoria, do you want to give a brief, um, just a brief summary of that just a little bit before we get in this conversation? Because you know it's going to be leading into about what we think about the afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so grateful for the upbringing we had. Um, we were raised strict Pentecostal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but mom uh, gave us the opportunity to explore different cultures. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when you're exploring a culture, a lot of the, you know, basis of a foundation of a lot of cultures is their religion. Mm -hmm. So that automatically led us to want to, you know, open that door to be open to learn about others. So as an adult, um, when I was able to step out on my own, I began to get more curious about my walk with God. So that led me to go to the Krishna um, temple and learn more about Krishna. I went to the mosque to learn more about Islam. I even stepped into, you know, learning about Buddha a bit. And in my exploration, I, I still decided to stick with my roots, which is Christianity. But all of those walks really taught me how to get closer to, with my walk with God. So with Krishna consciousness, I learned that I could see God in everyone. Right. Um, at the, going to the mosque taught me how to be intentional about my prayers and cleansing myself. Mm. Going to Christianity, of course, just taught me how to truly walk in the image of Jesus and be loved to everyone. Uh -huh. So my faith has been a huge part of my life and how I cope with this life. And, you yeah. know, I, before I, I, I get excited, you know, how I get when we get on a subject that I can really sort of vibe with, but I, I want to share one experience when you went to the Krishna church, uh, Victoria, she, my children, not only like to experience things, they like to to sort of see how I respond to their experience and also include me in it. But what, everybody who knows me, one of the things that is sort of a pet peeve with me, I don't really take my shoes off. And I, I take my shoes off when I go to bed or when I'm taking a shower, but typically around the house or anywhere, I don't not I have something on my feet all the time particularly shoes not necessarily socks but shoes so when we went to the Krishna temple the first thing that I when I got there everybody was welcoming and when they wanted me to take my shoes off I was like this is not gonna go good at all so I took off my shoes and we we went in, and the second thing, it was no chairs. <laughs> so, and the floor was hard. So I was I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be a good champ. And I sit down on the floor. It was hard, but the message was actually good. It was, and it was a very awesome uh, message. And. Even in the Christian church, we used to have like potluck dinners and uh, different things after service or special events. But I'm I'm a little weak stomached from eating at everybody's table. So even in the Christian church, my children used to notice that I would eat before we got there, and then I would purposely cook. Of we were only supposed to bring a dish 
but I would bring an entire meal because I didn't want to eat from everybody. So when we got to the Krishna church, after, uh, what do you call it? The Krishna temple, right? Okay. After we sit there for a while, uh, it was dismissed, and everybody um, proceeded to an area where we would have dinner and break bread together. And this is quite common among any uh, faiths or, or religious bodies. And the food was um, nicely prepared, but Victoria could tell I was having a really tough time. And, you know, when you're in the line, people want to give you a large serving. And and you want to participate because you don't want to offend people. And I had so much food. And, and I was sitting there. I was counting to three. <laughs> I counted to three and took one bite. And I would drink a whole cup of water. Then I, I count the three again, take another bite. And then uh, I just, as everybody was sitting there fellowshipping and everything, I I was trying to figure out how could I drop my plate by accident and just say, oh, man, and then I'd be done. And I, I finally was able to do it. We was outside and on the ground. But, Victoria, we were laughing the whole time because she knew what was going on. But I just wanted to share that. But that sort of segues us into the point that I wanted to encourage people who are losing loved ones or friends. And um, I, I completely have revamped how I feel about um, death in the afterlife. And one of those things that um, I wanted to sort of we can talk about many different things, but the one area I wanted to focus on is like one thing that I was taught as a young Christian that, you know, witches and people who could speak to the dead, this was, you know, ungodly. It was not the devil, you know, it was of the devil and you didn't need to do that. But yet we embraced uh, speaking in tongues and, you know, and then having an, an interpreter of those speaking in tongues, which is another form of the presence of God coming among us and speaking. We believed in prophets and prophetess, uh, and that is another form of God using the human body as a conduit and conveying a message. And so... But most of the time, it was, in my environment, a shy away from believing that those who had passed on would be speaking to us directly. And, um, and I noticed just at, when my dad passed away, my grief was just, it was so sudden. And then, you know, with have already lost Evelyn, and then turn around, we had lost Jewel. My heart was so heavy, and I began to pray to ask God to give me some kind of relief because the overwhelmness that was coming over me and sadness was beginning to prohibit my daily activities. And the way God spoke to my heart 
I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was something that spoke to my heart that began to give me a different perspective of scriptures and how I had always uh, conceived them or perceived them before. And the one thing was when Jesus said, I go away and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be there also. It's not many Christians that will tell you that if you ask them, where is Jesus? Some may say he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, or, but many will say he lives in my heart. You know, we believed that when the disciples went back to his temple, uh, to his gravesite, and we believed that he woke, uh, walked right beside them talking to them. He later on, we believe he appeared unto them. But when it comes to our loved ones and they pass on, we tend to shy away from believing that they have uh, access to us. You know, we, we start believing, you know, that's getting into weird things. But what God spoke to my heart, that if, I've, if Jesus said, I went away, to prepare a place that where I am, you may be also. Then wherever we feel like the Holy Spirit is, which is the spirit of Jesus that rose up again, that's where our loved ones are. And I began to think, you know, I can sing certain songs that uh, ignite the presence of God into my presence. And, it, and if I can believe that by faith, then what began to heal me in this moment is that if I believe that my father is with God, then when God shows up for me in any place, any time, if he's with me, as he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll be with you to the end, then those bodies of angelic beings that are our angelic and our ancestors, they're with us. They're, they are that cloud of witness that is about us. And oftentimes when we think about those scriptures that say, goodness and grace and mercy shall follow me for all the days of my life, who could be providing you more grace and mercy than that of our Savior and your mom and your dad or children that have went on? So I began to heal, and I, I began to, um, what I took from that experience was when I think of my dad or my mom and my loved ones in a past tense, my heart grieved more. But when I think of them as they are, as they lived, my 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 joy returns oftentimes with a giggle or a laugh from things that I've experienced them. So one of the things that I begin to embrace Victoria, and I want you to explain this part because I, I don't want to take up all the time. When I came to visit you in Oklahoma is something I've never been able to do is when I had loved ones who had passed on, I couldn't share, I couldn't have pictures around of them because it made me grieve. And I came to your home in Oklahoma one day to visit you, and you had a whole display of your grandparents, uncles, and cousins, and you were giving libation 
um, to a plant. And when I walked in the room, I felt the presence of something at that time that scared me so bad. You remember I, I ran out and I said, I've never felt nothing like that. Tell you stayed, me. You didn't stay overnight. Right. <laughs> you literally <laughs> left. Right. <laughs> so one thing I always do when I'm in a new one thing I always do when I'm in a new space, I make sure I welcome the presence of God as well as my loved ones. And what you saw there was me just showing respect and telling them that they're welcome to to be present here. Because yeah. I do believe with the afterlife, I have a few views on it. But okay. one of those is being that our loved ones, they may have crossed over to the spiritual realm, but we still have access to them and they still have access to us. It's just there's a, a veil that doesn't allow us to see completely what they can see. Right. So, of course, they don't want to startle us. They don't want to freak us out. Like we say ghost and Halloween and stuff. So they don't make their presence so much known. Yeah. But if you welcome them into your space, just like with the presence of God, God is not forceful. So, of course, if they're walking in the presence of God, they can't be forceful either. You, they, you have to welcome them. So, of course, giving honor to God first always. So God is in the space. And then welcoming those loved ones to also be in the space with you. So what I would always do was put a picture of them. I would put some of their favorite things like flowers or if I knew they liked a certain cake, I would put that there just for them, just to show like, yeah, you may not be on this earth side, but I'm honoring you and remembering you. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. That is so, I, I remember walking in the room and I literally, I, 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 my whole, your whole life as a child, I showed you all a picture of my mother a couple of times, but I never had a picture up. Because every time I seen a picture, it overwhelmed me with sadness. So to come in that space, and I seen all, even to your cousins, that you were honoring them. And then when I came back and you explained to me, I said, you know, at least I was vulnerable enough in that moment to tell you what I experienced. Because I had not had that experience. And maybe it was because the key thing that you just said here you first honor God and welcome him in that space. In honoring that they are with him, you welcome them as well. That is something I never considered doing as to welcoming them because, again, a lot of my teachings as a child was when you're doing those things, you know, they're, they're not healthy and, you know, they have some deviate, uh, meaning behind it. And so walking in your, that space, I clearly know that um, when I felt something and what I felt was their presence. And it scared me because it was an unusual experience that I had never allowed in my life to, to happen. So because I walked in your home and you had been doing that, and when I felt that it it shocked me, and I had a discussion with it, you know, and then I did fly right on out. <laughs> I, I, I had flew into Oklahoma and flew right back out because it, was, it wasn't troubling in the sense of a horrible experience. 
I was at a moment of being enlightened, you know, and I had to take a moment to process that. And from that moment on, I can truthfully say that I began to not have a problem with that. Even to, um, to this day, um, yes, yesterday was a tough day for me. And I was, I, I was sitting in the car and I was talking to my dad in, in, in my ver you know, just orally talking to him. I said, well, dad, I'm inviting you in this car because I'm missing you. I know you're in the, the perfect place that you don't want to come back here. I said, but I'm missing you. And it isn't that I don't miss mom, but I've had a lot of space between the time that she left and you left. And there are so many things that I'm, I'm having to attend concerning you, like your horses and, you know, your fish and, you know, t attending to the farm there. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about how he would do things. And I, I said, you know, I welcome you to show me that you're with me. And without any benoance, I was supposed to meet a friend the day before yesterday. And, and I didn't get to meet her. And yesterday, I was able to meet her. And when I walked into her home, she said, I have a gift for you. And the gift was a pillow with that had my dad and me together three different pictures and you know and my heart just like leaped because I know what my conversations had been that day before and my heart like I'm getting emotional now not in a sad way but in a good way because I'm looking at is is his grandbaby who's brought me into these things I want you to um just share a little bit. I know we got, I, I'm conscious of our timing, but I, I want you to share a little bit too about what your perspectives are because it, I tell you, my children, you all, when, when the, it's an old proverbial saying, says that if you take the seed and cultivate it in a good place, then that seed will come back and nourish you. And I can truthfully say, that I've been the product of my fruit nurturing me. And so I want you to continue what you what you feel what what are your convictions about the afterlife? Yeah, well, I I'll, I'll say to begin, we have to be open to exploring the depths of our understanding or overstanding of God mm -hmm. and be okay with being uncomfortable sometimes, but knowing that we're so well rooted that we can never go too far off. We'll always be able to connect to home because as you said, God is in our heart. Right. So sometimes when you're exploring and studying, you start to question like, am I going too far? <laughs> Do I need to start reading this stuff? Cause <laughs> this is, this stuff kind of freaking me out. Cause when I, I remember when I first started studying Krishna consciousness, the only reason I started studying it, because I had a dream of Krishna, which I didn't know it was Krishna at the time. I had a dream of a blue guy, and I just researched the description on Google, and Krishna came up, and it was the same image. Wow. So that explored, like, that's why I started my exploration. But I remember you saying one day, 
<laughs> I'm surprised you're not scared of this stuff. Because <laughs> it looked a bit different from what we were used to. Right. So I was just such in an empty place, though. Like, even though we was raised in the church, I had never had an experience where I just saw God's presence, like, to where I could acknowledge it. Right. And... By me going to these different religions, and especially when I lived in Sudan, being in a Muslim country will show you a lot of things. Like, mm. it was a beautiful experience being able to study their religion, but it brought me closer to my my religion. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? As much as I love what's going on here, my roots is Christianity, mm -hmm. and it's okay for me to choose this. So I chose Christianity in a place that was all Muslim. Right. And um, by doing that, it allowed me to see that it's nothing wrong with you going to these places and researching different religions. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Because wherever you're supposed to be, that's where you're going to be. So I believe that. It took years for me to get back to Christianity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah. I, I think it, you know, the way I, I, would say to you, it wasn't that you ever left what you believe, but I believe that if what you believe cannot be tested, if what you believe cannot be tried, then it can't be true. Mm -hmm. And you won't know what is truth until it is, it is opposed, you know, and, and in the other side of of exploring, it also gives you insight to be able to honor other people in their faith because a lot of that you all got from me, you know, in my earlier life and in, in when I was married to your, your father as well because we, we went over to, before I married, I was uh, 18 and I went to Israel and I, I went to the Jewish temple and I also had an opportunity to uh, go to the mosque. And what I learned out of that experience of going over to Israel, because I was a teen mother at the time, wasn't married, and I was trying to see myself, did I really want to embrace Christianity or was that just something I had always been taught? Because I was like you. I had always been under the umbrella of my parents' experience but not that of my own. So I didn't I didn't know if it was even a God. You know, I just was in a household that you were going to go to church, and that's what we did. But when I became a teen mother, I wanted to know God for myself, and so I figured I would start by going, visiting Israel, where it was the homeland of two of the most powerful religions of the world. And when I left that place at 18... What I learned is that I was going to be as uh, dedicated to traditions as the Jews. I was going to pray as you did, as fervent as the Muslim, because I, to this day, I, do not, I don't know that many Christians that have a real devout prayer life like the Muslims. You know, I, and I found through Hindu that the Hindu... Uh, faith, they see God in everything. And I had to learn that in my Christian walk, 
that for me to maximize my spiritual experience and receive what God be sending to me, I had to learn to see God in everything and everybody. I I learned that um, I had to become like a conduit uh, to meditate like the Buddhists, that, that I could rid myself of my personal experiences and allow God to pour new wine into an old vessel. You know, because sometimes when you are so full of your own traditions and the way that you think, even when God is trying to bring you something, he can't because you refuse to allow anything else to come. And then I did embrace being able to explore like Christians. And, you know, I I know our time is almost up, but I, I just want, you know, I'm excited and I have to be, um, you know, just mindful of what we're doing, but we're, we're going to have to come back. I want you to come back and um, just talk because all of this, even now, I've modified my diet just a lot by seeing your example, you know, of you saying, Mom, you know, the, you, the body is your temple and you need to honor it because in honoring this temple, it, it not only gives a place for God to reside, but it gives you longevity to be here and experience the quality of life. So that when we do step into the afterlife, it is not per, uh, prematurely because we've abused the body. But I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for you being here tonight. Um, but I, I tell you, this was a really awesome experience, one that I don't really want to quit. But I, I'm going to end with this right here, and I just want you to join in with me. Make sure you're in the mic. Uh, we're going to end with this. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Well, thank you for being with us. This is another episode of Simply Paulette. We're here every Sunday and we look forward to you being here. And you know what? It's not by chance that we chose Sunday as being our time to meet. And uh, we just want you to know that whatever you're experiencing, just know that God has no particular way for you to reach out to him. Just be authentically yourself. Just being simple in your way of honoring him. And he'll lead you into all paths that are peace. Thank you once again. And this has been another episode of Simply Paulette, a production of Jess Eldridge Media.